1: Alright, how are you guys doing? Today's episode is sponsored by GhostBed. Yes, I actually just received and purchased a GhostBed. I'm not kidding, by the way. You know this. You actually helped me undo it. I bought a GhostBed for myself. They gave me a couple free pillows. That's what they gave me for being a sponsor of the channel. And I said, you know what? I'm going to buy one. So I bought one because I wanted a new bed and I'm going to tell you guys right now, I love it. I'm not going to lie. So just want to throw that out there. I do actually buy a product. I spent like $2,300 on a bed from GhostBed. So, and I use my own promo code. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm just to let everybody you got know. A slight that? Kickback? I did that. Yeah, I got a slight. No, I don't make any money off the promo code. All oh, right, no, I don't. I just save twenty percent.
0: So. Making money—that's mm. passive. Have you seen those memes? It's like, would you rather ten million dollars now or twenty-five cents a day? It's like that's passive, bro. And It's just like some one of those like e-commerce bros just walking off that's like one of the things me and my mates have it's like if he buys me a coffee it's like four bucks i'm like that's passive bro that's like our biggest thing well right, we're on <laughs> now we're professional everyone's going yeah, to sh- everything's going to sh- around here. <laughs> no, my back
1: good. is absolutely throttled you
0: You've, started playing football
1: and I, I, I i'm going to say i i attempted to to start playing flag football but i've got a terrible back from the, thank god the military did it to me I couldn't even get out of bed this morning. I had to roll out of bed, couldn't even stand up straight. Like I don't I didn't tell you this. I could not stand up straight for like two <laughs> or three minutes. I had to get back down on my knees on the floor, do some stretches, and slowly stand up and do this kind of motion to, to get myself actually vertical. And I've been unplugging all the power points you've
0: needed for you. Like Willie, really? can you come do this? Yeah. I could <laughs> I woke up to you in the <laughs> massage chair just like
1: <laughs> i have been in the massage chair for like over an hour. I found out two days ago it actually has a heater inside the massage chair. So Charles is actually editing this video for us. So Charles, guess what? There's a heater in the massage chair we never even knew about two, a couple days ago. Yeah, he's having been plug, plugging everything in. He's literally been plugging everything in for me. And Willie and I are actually starting another podcast together. Uh, it's going to be called Two Blokes. I think we've actually spoke about it before. We filmed a... No,
0: we filmed two. One got deleted. Because of Charles. And then one... Uh, one I had a big night. On the, on the <laughs> he had a massive so, night. At the top comment on one of these years a while back was like, that really guy just talked about alcohol. I actually don't drink that much. Like, asking him back home. I reckon I drink maybe once every couple of months. But um, I, don't, I don't believe in having like a casual beer every day. I'm like, I'll save up my two months of non-drinking. You saved it. And have four. I didn't you think didn't I was that save drunk. It. You were... No, I will say, God. you and I were out shooting all day. Yeah. We barely ate. We didn't. We were dehydrated. We were very dehydrated. Yep. It was hot. We took a bottle of water each and for like six hours, <laughs> I was done within like the first 20 minutes <laughs> and we were like going down with heat. I
1: don't think we should, we shouldn't tell the whole thing. Okay, we, we, won't, know. we won't. You know what we're going to do is if you guys would like to to follow Willie and I along on this, this new journey, which I guess is going to be, it's going to happen. One million percent. We, we've been talking about that today. It's gonna be called Two Blokes. You guys would like to follow along. You guys can. You guys subscribe down below. Uh, it'll be on all podcast platforms as well. I will. I will go ahead and link it. I will go ahead and link it down below. Though. Yeah, the other one can't because the copyright
0: issues with me doing the karaoke songs oh, on the TV. Like, Cammy, like, what song do you want? <laughs> an hour and
1: a half deep. He just wants to keep going, and he was so hammered, so shmammered. I'm talking. I don't drink. Oh, he not take you. He, he was taking like he, he had drank like two. He took one of my bottles and pulled the cap off. And it was like trying to pour it, and dude, it was like you were pouring, but you were pouring it on the side of the glass, down your hand, <laughs> onto your shirt. I was just thinking to myself, then you put one on the, the top of the glass table, and you spilled the whole glass off to the left, onto yeah. the floor, and you said, oops. I was spraying that with stuff. With, with the dog pee stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and Cammy, I'm Thank still got like her, her eyes are real big, and I'm just like, I don't know, I guess it's a white carpet and, and, and whiskey. Can't hey, do much, right? You don't
0: invite someone into your house if they're an idiot. <laughs> and you've made that mistake.
1: <laughs> uh, well, uh, we haven't seen you guys in a couple days, so Ukraine has been doing some stuff. Oh, there's been
0: there's been some stuff happening.
1: I mean, I, and I'm in, I've been bouncing around looking at some uh, Russian state TV, the normal propaganda stuff. I'm not going to really share any of the videos with you guys. I've watched them. They're worried. The tone of the voice has completely changed. They're calling for more people to come in. I could show you guys on a map exactly what's been going on uh, here in a minute. It's... It's kind of interesting. Same thing that happened. In, I think it's called Gor Gorvi a uh, graveyard, graveyard. Like a week ago, I'm probably mispronouncing it, but it doesn't really matter. Just outside of. Um, oh, could I be wrong? Gra- yeah, graveyard. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I was having to think about Gravy week. Lord. Gravy yeah. Lord. I just outside of Sumi, or just north of. Sumi. Yeah,
0: it's it's very difficult to get an idea of what is actually going on. Like, Truthful. it's Like truthfully, because the maps, you'll have these two maps, which are just completely opposite figures and you'd be like well i don't know like and some of the trusted maps are very very slow to update with information geolocating things is difficult some things are like say that this is location and it's not so it's like it's so difficult but things are happening there's there's movements there's a lot of videos out there too
1: that they can't be geolocated i i i believe they're they're from the areas we're we're speaking about and ukrainians have Once again, actually with the the help of a little bit of Polish, not Polish military people, but they probably were at one point some Polish military people, but Polish volunteer group, I think is what they're called. They have actually peeled across. I'm going to go ahead and pull up some, oh geez, I'm going to go ahead and pull up some mapping for you guys just because I think, you know what, we're at the beginning of the video, let's go ahead and do this so you guys can have an understanding of what we're talking about. Now, as you guys can tell, here is Harkiv. This is an area that was once somewhat contested, I guess, by... The Russians. It was not, almost surrounded at one yeah, point. Yeah, I one point. the would, beginning? I would say contested. I'm in uh, surrounded, my bad. Yep. The, this area that I'm talking about, so is going to be just north of Kharkiv, just south of Belgard, in between, just on the opposite side of the border. I didn't put all the areas that some claim have been taken by the Ukrainians because it's almost way too hard to believe. It's kind of one of these things where I think we should just wait. And when I say taken, I'm not, I don't even think they have a big enough force to to grasp and hold i think they're doing this for other reasons which i'll talk about here in a second but right now here are the two areas so shabinko which i'm I'm pretty sure i jacked the name up but doesn't really matter it's a fairly large area like these between that and novia tavozanka god bless me but those two areas are they're actually pretty heavily populated and there's a lot of videos that are going around of ukrainians shelling them so over the last 24 hours the ukrainians have shelled the absolute piss out of shabinko shabinko that is, that is very true. You guys can go look at firms. You guys can see all that. They have been absolutely hitting that in some areas around the actual border itself, which I would assume are just possible known positions the Russians are holding up. I, I don't really know. But you guys know that Belgorod from the beginning of the war has kind of been a hub for the Ukrainians as a, for their logistics pushing down south. It, I, I know they may have shifted quite a bit of this out of there since they now pretty much focused a ton on uh, for like the last three or four months. So Belgorod may not be as big of a logistical hub as it was in the past. And they're having a bit of issues along the border, which that's why I think the Ukrainians keep making these, um, incursions. Yeah. They're just, there's keep going in. Like, I don't think the area you guys are seeing on this map right now, I don't think they're going to hold this area. They're proving clearly that they can pop across the border real quick, hit the Russians in the jaw and then bounce out of there. What I think they're going to continue to do is do this all across, this randomly on these borders as much as they can. I know that sounds pretty crazy, but if you guys think about it, there's a few reasons why they would want to do this. The border is what about, a th- we'll say 1,000 miles long. We talked about 15, guys, so it's 1,500 guys. It's 1,000-ish miles, which is that's quite significant. Um, that puts the Russians in a bit of a predicament. If the, the Ukrainians constantly, if they're doing this every three days, or every four days in random spots going in. I mean, what what is the civilian population side of Russia going to really think of their own government that can't even hold down their own border, which the only way for the Russians to actually secure and hold this border for, for any amount of time or any real way to do it, I guess, would be they would have to shift some of the personnel and the supplies and their armored equipment and everything actually onto this border they don't have the people inside of russia inside of their they just don't have it they have to call up more people and or pull people off the line and equipment off the line to actually make this a possibility but then you come to the 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 actual conclusion that it's going to be physically impossible to maintain a thousand mile border it's just it's not going to happen so they're either gonna have to set up quick reaction forces which is the most likely course of action i would think is going to happen they're gonna have a Belgorod, like a Belgorod QRF, and they're gonna have I don't know any of the bigger names of cities, but you know, all along the border, the bigger cities would have QRF, which would now bleed down to another minor site cities, what I would think that would have a uh, connection to the larger city in that that
0: that
1: what do you wanna call it? Oblast or
0: yeah, oblast, yeah, oblast, region, yeah.
1: oblast region. The region. And that that that's what my thinking is. That's what and also I think this, this is the start of the counteroffensive. A lot of people keep... I, I, I know, did you see the video that the Ukrainians put across Crimea on the TVs? It was kind of funny. I don't yeah. know if that's actually true or not, but I keep. I kept seeing it over and over yeah, again. Yeah, I was actually
0: going to talk about the video. It's they're line, saying like, like sh- be quiet. Yeah.
1: yeah, be quiet, be quiet. Which, I mean, that's it's, it's good propaganda. It's actually great propaganda. Over the last week, we've seen the Ukrainians push out two very good pieces of propaganda. One about seven days just ago, where they're talking about the counterattack is actually starting. and Now they're pushing out this one. And then they're starting to do these 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 pop shots, you should say, across the border into Russia, which is really kind of crazy if you guys think about it. To be honest with you, they're not gonna they're not going over there to hold any ground. They're going to basically hit them in the jaw, come back, and I think force them around. But I do think this is really the beginning of a counteroffensive if they can possibly get and force the Russians to have to shift their mindset and their men to the north. I I really do. I really do think so.
0: Well, there has been a movement of equipment and people there. Now we don't know how much, if any, has been taken off the front line and moved to those positions. But absolutely, there's been things like these, well, as we would call QRF units, but other sort of anti—well, they call them anti-terrorist units—set up uh, from the FSB, apparently, like Russia's um, security branch, mm. to right. then hit these. So that's the thing, though, with the QRF is the QRF doesn't stop the border crossing and the border crossing, the PR. Um, that you get from that is basically the win anyway
1: to the come P- back. The PR is amazing. For, for the PR people. is incredible. That, that's all anybody's talking about right now. I don't care. There was also a chunk, by the way, that was taken in the South that no one's even talking about. That would have been the number one thing people would have cared about down there in Zaporizhia region. i got a lot of people talking about I that. Mean, it's not really that big. of It's the same type of chunk that they took a couple months ago and then absolutely got throttled. That is the Ukrainians. They got throttled after that. Um, they, they pushed South. They took, I don't know a few miles with the ground and they pushed the Russians back literally to I had this mapping which is kind of crazy mapped out still the same circles and same outlines and they just regained or retook back ground that they had lost previously. It's just been back kind of a back and forth. But this popping across the reason why it's so effective when you're talking a mainstream media because people here in America are actually talking about that. Yeah, it no one. Yeah, no one talks about them taking chunks of ground in Zaporizhzhia. Yeah, Not that's, that's correct. Yeah. No one talks about that. But when they pop across the border and they hit Russia in the jaw, they start talking about it. Hmm. And CNN was the one that actually picked it up because Fox doesn't give absolutely. They don't care anything about Ukraine, but they talked about it and uh, maybe people carried for about thirty minutes, and now they're back to their summer here in America.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. nice weather. But, uh, uh, so there are some interesting parts, in particular that's really come out in the last 24 hours, and this is actually relating back to other crossings as well, is that Polish volunteers, and these volunteers, you, you can't be in the Foreign Legion if you haven't had some level of military background. Yeah. Well, actually, that's incorrect. Some guys are, but the majority have had you know, a degree um, of military experience and some units you know, only combat Question. experience as well. Would yeah. James
1: Vasquez be a part of the Polish military? He is the Polish military.
0: James Vasquez is the guy with his face blurred out because he's in the Grom. No, but uh this is this is raising a lot of like speculation around this because you know it's confirmed that they're there, they're speaking Polish, they yeah. are Polish volunteers. And a lot of people, and this is part of the PR of this, is you know, there's been the pro-Ukrainian side pick up that
1: look at all the, you know,
0: the Poland's now crossing in, all this other support, you know, this is great, whatever. And then the pro-Russian side are like how dare they do this, whatever. But always what I say with this is any publicity is good publicity in a way. So the more this getting talked about, like you said, then increases people's interest on this. But there are, there are questions asked about Western weapons and foreign troops crossing borders and where the support is from that. Now, America has basically been like, we don't want anything to do with that. Germany has said it's fine in self-defence and the UK has said very similarly that you know if you it are is. hitting targets across in self is. defense it is no i'm not i'm not I, saying i think america is looking but at this
1: there's they're, they're tiptoeing around the actual thing like this is this is 100% legal this is 100% right this is 100% should have been happening since the beginning but now they i think they just they're in the position to do it there's also something down in Bakma yeah. that's been going on that we are not entirely we don't know if that's true or not which mm. I guess we should probably leave that alone for now. Southwestern. I just, yeah, I just think was, I was a leave, a like, lot of people oh. are
0: saying that video is fake. Okay, we're just going to leave that alone because for now. Because at the end of the day, t- I'll, just, I'll just say this on, on points of watching videos of people making statements, soldier making a statement. The entire east of Ukraine, pretty much every Ukrainian speaks uh, either Ukraine or Russian as their first language, but everyone speaks Russian. Ukrainian and Russian languages are very similar. You know, as far as you know it's not English to French it's it's very similar language every Ukrainian will speak at least some or Russian as their first language now a lot of people are shifting to speaking Ukrainian only because of this war but just because you see someone in a Ukrainian or a Russian uniform with the mat- matching patches saying something in Russian, doesn't exactly mean that is a Ukrainian or a Russian soldier. Those videos are very easy to script. If you tried to put me in a Ukrainian uniform and make a statement or a Russian uniform, you tell straight away that guy's not. He doesn't speak that mm. language. Yeah, but if you and I could go on Amazon right now, get a Wagner Group patch or a Ukrainian patch or a Russian patch. Within a second, you could order those in a uniform and then stage something an, from yeah, that.
1: Can I get a Wagner Group patch on Amazon? Absolutely, you could. Wagner. Not sure on Amazon, but you
0: could get them online. Plenty of stores sell them. That's where I got, if I need like the symbol for a thumbnail of Wagner Group, it was off some website, like just down the road here, so I could copy the the symbol to put in my thumbnail. I think I can.
1: I can buy nine piece Russian FSB KGB patches. There you go. I don't know which one, I don't think any of those are. are, Is that not kind of weird? None of those are. Or Wagner Group. I could have sworn it is. Wagner Group is, is like a weird Wagner circle Wagner thing, things. right? This thing right here. Right? There's actually a few. Uh, no, no that's, that's not it. That's
0: SSO. That's like a. Th- that's actually based off some other things. Um,
1: well, you can't buy a direct Wagner Group one, but I could buy just about anything else off of. Maybe
0: Amazon wasn't a great.
1: No, but um, I I could buy a Pound Town patch. Yeah. A ticket to Pound. I've just down. googled Wag- Wagner patch. No, I'm, I'm cooler. Google. Tactical or Etsy. Etsy, yeah, cool. All right, there's someone on Etsy. Yeah, that's AliExpress, <laughs> Russian
0: military store. Yeah, but I get what it. I'm eBay. What I'm saying is, there's yeah. it, it. It's not difficult to fake, and there's a lot of faked stuff like this. And it's it's so difficult to know what's true, what's not.
1: Hmm. But if it is true, then good on them. But I don't, I don't believe it to be true. Like, just it could, have true. it could
0: be. We we don't know yet. We're well, yeah, to thinking that's, too that's, though, like um. HOTO, like handover, takeover positions, is difficult right on the front line. And Wagner Group are pulling out 100% from... Actually, that that's actually somewhat incorrect as well. And I actually was checked on this by the British MOD. Um, not personally, but reading in some stuff. Was everyone saying Wagner's pulling out of Bakhmut completely? That is correct for their assault troops, their assault brigades. They're all pulling out of Bakhmut. But the Wagner is leaving... Uh, detachments of training staff there as the VDV who are originally on the flanks are taking over the positions there so what a lot of people are saying is there will be positions at the very zero line like those very front positions which they fill the rear positions take out from those positions and there will be a slight shift in the border or that held territory border there uh, of where positions have uptaken or not because if you're holding a sheet position 50 meters in front you'll refill the 50-meter-behind position with whoever's doing handover and collapse that and move back. So there's going to be a lot of those moves. And we've seen this in both sides. You want the best possible defensive position you can get.
1: Well, if you're looking for the best possible sleep you can get, so many of us hot sleepers out there, if you guys are waking up and sweating and you guys are not able to get back to sleep, you're not alone. I'm one of those kind of guys. My wife's one of those type of ladies. And if your mattress and bedding can play a big role in this, guess what? That's where GhostBed can help. GhostBed is a family-owned company and the makers of coolest beds in the world. They've been designing cooling mattresses for, for the last 20-plus years with the signature materials and technology to help thousands of people across the U.S. get the sleep they deserve, like myself. I personally bought one of these mattresses. I use my own code. I'm not, I'm not even kidding. I, I I could go take a quick video if you guys really need me to to show you guys. I personally have I even bought their their uh, their bed sheets because they're, they're they're amazing. I literally have been sleeping on their bed sheets that are made for their bed because like yeah why would I want to use some some trash bed sheets with this big beautiful bed this squishy comfortable oh god it's so good. Anyway, from their signature ghost ice fabric to their patented technology that adjusts with your body temperature, every ghost bed mattress is designed with cooling in mind. That's what I'm telling you guys. Try them out. So for a little bit of time, you guys actually get 40% off all GhostBed mattresses plus two luxury pillows. Use promo code ROB at GhostBed.com forward slash ROB to take advantage of this exclusive offer. Take 40% off all GhostBed mattresses plus get two luxury pillows, which I'm going to tell you guys right now, my dog absolutely loves sitting on that pillow at the end of the bed. It's amazing. So I'm just throw that out there. Go to GhostBed.com forward slash ROB to get 40% off plus two free Pillows, that's GhostBed.com forward slash Rob, promo code Rob. But going back to the stuff that's been going on inside of, uh, on the border, I really do believe, I'm going to say this once again, that the counter-offensive, we, we've been joking that it hasn't kicked off and hasn't started, I think oh, it has.
0: I think it has too, I think it's actually been going for weeks. Well, it could have in been. The, in the beginning of the season.
1: We're just seeing yeah. it start to come to fruition a little bit. I don't know how the Russians are going to be able to, to react. I, and and you're, you're, you're going to go against me on this one. I know 100%. I don't think the Russians have the capabilities. They probably have a little bit of the manpower, but it's kind of like the same deal with China. Ten years ago, China had the manpower. Okay. They didn't have the training or the equipment or anything else, to really, or even the, 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 um, the actual gear, I guess you would say, to fit those million-man army. Russia, they might have the gear, but it's not the equivalent of, in, of American gear, Oh, just, not the it's just not the. They have the. They have the men. They have the bodies. Mm. But I don't think they have the bodies to facilitate um, holding off their border. I don't think that's a. I don't think that's a real thing. And mounting any real offensive inside of Ukraine. I don't mm. think that's a good possibility. I don't think that's even a possibility of being a chance. And that's why I think they're doing these border things is because it's going to force the Russians to shift the resources as men Oh, it, that's, it, that's it's going to force. That's them. very true to force. It's um, a great idea.
0: I think, I think there's a few reasons in that and I wouldn't push back on all of that, but it's definitely going to force more equipment deployment to other areas of which are not going to be frontline regions. So onto their own territory. That, that's hundred percent. They're like going to have to do
1: that straight from Lviv and went north. Well, I guess that wouldn't be Russia. But That'd be. Yeah. Belarus. It, it yeah. pretty much is Russia. You know what I mean? Yeah. If they were, that's <laughs> that. I go but down. this But this is the down. but this is the issue too, though,
0: with this front line lengthening, is if Russia mounted a an offensive and had you know the way of really doing it to lengthen that front line, could do the opposite. Is they would do as they did in the initial offensive, they would launch from Belarus as well, because then what that gives is then an even longer border to Ukraine. But Ukraine has really built up massive defence and has built up um, fences, whatever, uh, and mines areas around the Belarus or Belarusian border as well, because that can be done too. Because I remember in the initial phases of the war, when we were moving from, you know, Lviv, Kiev, whatever, people were saying, what if they mount troops down through Lviv and cut off any escape out to Poland or any equipment going in? Now, should have that probably been done in, in a perfect world, in a perfect invasion, they probably yeah, would have made that. sense,
1: but but, but but they didn't use Belarus, the
0: the Russian troops. They 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 They, 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 no, a they, did, from they did not
1: use that portion of Belarus. Let me re- rephrase that. Oh, one. as far as the Western, yes, portion. they should have one hundred percent done that. And yes. I don't really, you know, why I think they probably didn't do that. And this is this is this is twenty twenty vision or hindsight twenty twenty. It's probably because they thought it would have been so easy to push through Ukraine. They didn't even worry about it. They well, just, that was a lot of issues. I yeah. think they just, they thought it was going to be so easy, which a lot of people here in the West thought it was, including myself. I didn't think the Ukraine was going to stand the chance hmm. past two weeks or maybe a month. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, when I started covering, I was like, God, this is crazy. And then they held them off and then they held them off. I, I remember, <laughs> I remember them getting their absolute teeth kicked in as they were moving towards the capital, hmm. and it just got stuck and just absolutely yeah, the just, artillery was just hectic. frozen hmm. and that was it. But if they would imagine if they would have actually started from that that most western edge of Belarus and actually came down and controlled all those. Well, that's what. That's what. When I was
0: with in. a couple of guys in that region, we thought was the most likely because we were saying that's what we would do. The most because what are the problems? Is is equipment coming in and people like coming in and out. You could cut that off because all the defense, all the defense was around Kyiv and was around Donetsk, Luhansk, On It was at the invasion. How defended was that? Well, it, maybe it was more defended than we would know. But we we're saying you just you could just push straight there. That wouldn't take that much. But that didn't happen. But the only one thing I will push back on on that is we know that Russia has a lot of men. They can call up, they can they can conscript and mobilize a lot of people. They've got a lot of. Um, Reserve forces, and they have still a very large um, full time force. That's great, but the thing is, their full
1: time force is really not that. They don't have the capabilities of the guys that are. I think the guys that are in the reserve force, are legitimately, don't have body armor, don't have the correct helmets, don't have. I mean, if this helmet right here, if this is the guys that are on the front lines type helmet, this is literally an Alibaba helmet. This is taking off a dead Russian right there.
0: Yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm, just I'm always- saying this
1: is an Alibaba, like. This is their. This is their guys. This yeah, is what they're wearing. But, aware but
0: this. This is things like this are, are very important for when you're talking offensive capability. Do I believe that currently Russia has the um, ability to launch a huge offensive as they did in the beginning? No. But when we're talking defensive, that's totally. Different. When we're talking yeah. No, but, no, but yeah. the question you asked was about defending the borders. Yeah. And the things I'll say is they can pull a lot of people. And to, to defensive positions, you need nowhere near the training or equipment you do in offensive capabilities. But you know what you're going to need in defensive positions if and you're going to hold their border: a lot of armor equipment, air from defense. There. Which well, this now, is another thing too. So
1: they're moving. Okay, here's. Oh my God, my mind's bl- blown. I just thought about something. Mm. They're going to force them to. They've been doing all these drone strikes and stuff on Moscow and just whatever. They haven't been that. This is may, maybe these drone strikes was really to actually shift their. The force them to shift a lot of their air fences back onto the actual border to make that buffer bigger, so when they do get these quote-unquote F-16s, which won't happen by the end of the year, all the air, fence, air defenses have been shifted. Potentially. that's that. I never even thought about that situation or that scenario. Maybe maybe Ukraine is literally playing the long game, which is not the game that I thought they should have been playing. They but, should not be playing the long game. We correct? haven't seen
0: any aerial targets across that Belgorod region. Now, we've seen a ton of drones, drone, drone right? The drone strikes we're seeing in Moscow are very. They're minimal suspicious damage type. on some stuff, yeah. they have been hit by pansies and yeah, yeah, like yeah. This. They're,
1: they're very, very minimal. But what I'm saying is, if if, if they keep doing these things that they're doing, I, I think we will possibly see. And I'm saying this that, I'm, I'm saying this, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tread lightly saying, this. I think they could start ramping up the same same way we've seen them do in other ways. I think we can see them start ramping up these kind of attacks into Russia with bigger stuff, more men, bigger stuff to force them to shift. Because right now these are just, let's be honest, they're, I mean, this one was actually a little bit of a, I think this one was a lot larger of a group than the one from a week ago. The one I went to Gravion, or Gravy, Gravion. Gravion. Yeah. Gravion. I yeah. think, that, think that one was a much smaller than this one. I think this one was much larger. When you talk about force that actually shifted over.
0: I, th- I think the more realistic Thing of why this is happening and this is from a, a source that i have as well is it, it, it's not really for that there is a, a degree of length in the front line but what they're saying is it's a sleight of hand it's to distract forces in an area to slip forces in further to help arm train and equip work with the partisans inside russia so a lot of the drone strikes say the ones actually got to the kremlin if we say that that wasn't a false flag, then that really needed to be done from partisans inside Russia. The um, trains we've seen hit are from partisans. We have seen uh, political figures, also things like this, and partisans are having more and more effect from uh, occupied areas of Ukraine and in Russian territory as well. And what? My contact is saying is these are a distraction operation to distract that, like QRF, slip across, distract it, so forces can move 30, 40, 50 miles in or in other areas to then uh, launch partisan actions. And we're going to see more of these partisan actions there because when we're talking aerial stuff, we're completely in Russian Federation. Russia has air security in their Federation. They do.
1: You, oh man, you know you what... You know what handbook this is taken directly out of them? They don't have it in Ukraine territory, I will say, but in their own
0: territory, they do have.
1: This is taken out of the actual like Green Beret, like Army Special Forces handbook. This is literally what this is. Like a million right. percent. No, I'm dumb like that's no, no, yeah. The Green Beret in the in the US Army like that that's they set up small militias. Well,
0: that's There's, what the Green Berets are for, though. That's all they Green Berets, the whole point malicious. of Green Berets is to mix in with the local populace. That's and what they, they're talking So
1: yeah. they're taking... Well, so the Green Berets did a, a shitload of training inside of Ukraine mm. with the Ukrainians way prior to, what, 2021? like Or 20, Two. 2022, excuse me. Way prior to that. Yeah. So this, this what we're seeing right now, if this is the case, this is legitimately... The Green Berets setting up and actually doing, or not not the Green Berets, excuse me, the Ukrainians setting up the exact same thing the, the Green Berets do in South America, that they do inside the Philippines, that we mm. did inside of Afghanistan, the exact same thing. Yeah. You know how many little militia groups I set up inside of Afghanistan, out of my little tiny camp? We would go around to these... To these 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 towns, and we would just pick up the military age men that weren't inside the Taliban, and right. we literally trade them with AK. We had a Connex full of AKs. Mm-hmm. I had a Connex full. Of, we had a conex full of AKs. We just rip AKs out of and just hand them off to these guys. Give them like a week of shooting training, mm-hmm. and say, "All right, here you go. Go protect your little fucking village. When we call you up, we're gonna go have some fun." And that's pretty much it.
0: Yeah, I, I can't speak on your time in Afghan, but like, it, it, there, there's this is what I'm being told. This is for is a sleight of hand to move and get partisans more active. Because asymmetrical warfare, partisan warfare, things like this, hmm. is almost impossible to counter. It is so difficult to counter. This is why we lost Afghanistan. This is, this is why we lost Vietnam. Things like this. This is this is why. Look, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of the people say it's easier to defeat a million man army than a thousand man insurgency. This is this is a
1: this is literally like an insurgency slash guerrilla warfare to the max. Well, Ukraine
0: have to do that to well, win. No, they have to because you are going to get the tea kicked in if, if Ukraine going to work, versus Russia, conventional warfare, if you had an open field, Man, conventional mind, so warfare, mind is blown this is now. where, that is where Ukraine would not win and that's how many people are looking at this. But asymmetrical warfare as Ukraine has been doing and how we've been training a lot of these forces on of guerrilla tactics, things like this, is the reason we can do that. Why do you think that we, over the 20 years of Afghan... We ended up arming the Taliban further than when we arrived there because of asymmetrical warfare. Same with Vietnam, and there's other examples through this as well. Now, the basis of asymmetrical warfare is basically that a smaller force can defeat a larger force. And a good example of this, coming from my background, is the Australian military. The Australian military is very small, say the Australian army. But most of our tactics, and you know, this has been, this is open source, was if a greater power was to invade Australia on the north, we would l- let the north fall and hit them, and pot Rearwoods, we would hit their logistics hubs as they come down, because if they want to get to any populations of Australia, other than Darwin, but, you know, Darwin, Townsville, whatever, <laughs> but Melbourne, Sydney, Adelaide, Perth, whatever, in, when you're talking south, east or west, you're going to have to come through 2,500 miles of desert. And the whole point of this is you're going to have, as you're trying to move logistical bloody um, trucks with fuel, tanks, plane, whatever, you're trying to move that down, guerrilla tactics, as infantrymen like myself, are going to be hitting this stuff in small groups. And how do you counter that? It is incredibly difficult. So, and I could go on Asymmetric Warfare. I wrote 15 pages or something the other day on Asymmetric Warfare. And this is how this is going. This is why it is so difficult impossible to counter this and why a larger force can be completely held up and that is why i'm being told is these um incursions we're seeing are purely just a movement to get um more highly trained asymmetric soldiers uh, across the border here so if you want to go down the asymmetric path i can talk about that for a bit if you'd like um so, let, let, what is the actual definition of asymmetrical warfare? And I, I did like a 40 minute video on this. Just I definitely
1: don't want to listen it. to 40 minutes of so, No, 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 but I'm just going to
0: read just to get people an idea of what it actually is and why I think this relates to it. So, asymmetric warfare refers to the type of conflict where there is significant imbalance in military power, resources, or capability between opposing parties. In such a scenario, the weaker side, often a non state actor or less technologically advanced force, a non state actor, of course. This is a state actor, so it is definitely, but less technological advanced. Yeah, we can see that with especially partisans. Adopts unconventional tactics and strategies to compensate for its disadvantages and challenge the stronger adversary. So, does Ukraine currently have the facility to shoot down a TU-22 bomber supersonic carrying K-H missiles? No, they do not have that capability unless they fly over Kyiv with Patriots. But as long as it stays in the Russian Federation, they do not have the capability to do that. But... That is the dare, the disadvantage, the compensation for that is, well, then we get partisans who are working in around these areas to build drones and hit it on the ground, or partisans in Belarus to then land on top of the AWACS aircraft and do it. We're seeing this again and again. Unlike conventional warfare, which typically involves whoa, I've this, uh, two or more state actors engaging in direct large-scale battles uh, using established military doctrines, asymmetric warfare involves tactics that exploit vulnerabilities and weaknesses in the more powerful opponent. Um, some common characteristics and strategies associated with asymmetrical warfare include. So exploit vulnerabilities and weaknesses. What are some vulnerabilities and weaknesses Russia have? They have vulnerabilities and weaknesses in support in their own country. Therefore, you can recruit partisans more easily. Recruiting Chinese partisans in America would be very difficult. Recruiting Ukrainian partisans or Western partisans in Russia, more simple than that. And that's just one of the vulnerabilities. And another vulnerability, Russia is a massive country. Now, many, many benefits come with being a massive landmass. I think it's two point something times the size of America. But what Um, problem is that well then you have to defend massive borders and huge areas now um the common characteristics are guerrilla tactics that you employ hit and run tactics uh ambushes sabotage and other irregular warfare techniques things like ids we've seen all of this we've seen hit and run tactics we've seen ambushes we've seen a lot of sabotage um number two is insurgency and terrorism um that you will then incorporate insurgency tactics aiming to gain control over specific territory and challenge existing government and cause instability that is exactly what we have seen in Belgorod, Bryansk. is you gain a level of control over that and challenge the existing government that's why they're calling it Belharad and why um that they are holding then bloody press conferences and it's to get the instability of that number three is unconventional weapons and methods um asymmetric warfare involved, use of weapons such as IEDs, suicide bombings, cyber attacks. So IEDs, we've seen a lot of that. We've seen IEDs on train lines. We've seen explosives handed to... Um, figures in Russia as well like that a dole thing or whatever blew up the guy inside the Wagner uh, headquarters number four propaganda and informational warfare that the weaker actors may utilize propaganda misinformation psychological operations to shape public opinion gain support or undermine the morale of the stronger adversary now Ukraine's been fantastic at we've spoken about the informational space they have complete dominance on the informational space about what is going on and you alluded to something earlier about that the um talking about the offensive, was then aired on TV inside Crimea as well. Now, did that happen 100%? We're unsure. But that's just one example that I could think of, but there's so much of that. Now, uh, number five is blending in with the civilian population. Nostalgias may hide among civilian populations, making it challenging for a stronger side to identify and target them without causing collateral damage at our loss of civilians' lives. Now, this is exactly why we had so many problems in somewhere like Afghan with was... They didn't wear a uniform in the most part. It was very hard to distinguish them in Ukraine. If one of these foreign legion guys, these Russian foreign legion guys, crosses into Russia, changes into plain clothes, speaks the language, knows the background, could be from that area, how do you identify him out if he's acting in uh, another state from there? And I could go on about this um, for days. I'm reading a book specifically on this at the moment. So... You know, and, and we'll just talk about to relate to you and I. Um, and this is a quote from our book as well. After two decades of war in Afghanistan, the United States found itself again having to negotiate with an insurgency that lacked air power, tanks, heavy artillery, and sometimes even boots. A relatively small number of Taliban insurgents fought the most powerful military in the world to a standstill, and a prior generation of Afghans did the same thing to the Soviet Union. The Taliban represent an oppressive ideology that has no respect for human rights. But many insurgents are fighting for those rights. And if insurgencies and uprisings were easily crushed, now that's not saying the Taliban. That's just saying insurgencies around the world, um, insurgencies and uprisings were easily crushed. There would be no possibility for political change or freedom uh, in the world. So this is exactly what it is talking about from here, and that asymmetrical warfare is absolutely in play here. And I believe the bigger player in these border crossings than the simple answers of PR and taking equipment off the front. I'm going to tell you right now. P- I'm R- sorry for just having a massive you,
1: rant. I know. We're, we're used to it. We, we let Willie get the mic for like too long. and He just talks about literally... So much stuff that I sometimes I just zone but does out. that but does that make sense? I that mean, I know what asymmetrical warfare is to me, it's nothing more than just guerrilla warfare tactics. It, and that's, that's basically it what it is, that's all but it you is. can see. So, I mean, when, when you, that you just gave them like a six minute spiel, and we could have just said guerrilla warfare tactics are going to set up on the side of the road with the IEDs, small arms are going <laughs> to bounce in, pop out, hit them, bounce yeah, in, pop out, hit them,
0: smack them the in the face. People might not know how that or how or why that is so effective
1: as well. What, what do you mean, like the? What we'll portion? It's not effective.
0: No, no. no. So, I mean, pe- people may not effective. realize. Now, no, the reason I explained it for so long is if you just say guerrilla warfare is setting up IDs, smacking them, and then leaving, people may not get the realization of how effective that actually is and how difficult that actually is to counter.
1: Well, when you're talking about so guerrilla warfare, warfare, in 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 my personal experience, I had to fucking deal with it on a. On a real basis, these motherfuckers will set up in a small team of, say, six to ten. They'll hit you with an IED. They'll fuck with you for about two hours, and then they'll leave. That's it. And now you're fucked for the entire day. Gorilla Fer- Guer- Warfare in itself is extremely powerful, not for just killing a few guys and bouncing, but also in the the mental aspect, you're mentally fucking draining the individual over and over and over again, the same the same things happen over again. Small, th- you can't do anything about it because get, you're getting hit with nothing. Uh, at times, IEDs themselves, pressure plate ones, especially, you run over those some bitches, and there's nobody there to even. They're, they're, it's being detonated by you're you're literally the person who's going to detonate the son of a gun. You know what I mean? That right there in itself, talking about guerrilla warfare tactics, that would be detrimental to the Russian military if they were to actually start implementing this kind of stuff across on the other side of the border because it's not just. Going to be targeting their, their, their soldiers, but now it's going like this and widespread to but, the civilians. We, to we have it. seen it,
0: and, and there's a whole other element of that, too. Was we saw guerrilla warfare happen with that figurine get passed to that, um, yes. very prominent guy. Yeah. Blood, so that's a degree, but then it also causes a huge degree of distrust in the population. Mm-hmm. Why the reason the American troops and Australian troops, whatever, had a lot of distrust in the locals they're working with was you had green on blue problems, you had this guy who you'd been training for a week, turn around and shoot you up. And that there's a distrust, that, and you can get distrust in civil, uh, civilian populations as well. When working with the civilians in Afghan, did you know that they were on your side telling information or working for the Taliban? So there's this degree of then distrust. And if you can put distrust into the regular um, Russian people, being like, well, I don't know if you're working for Ukraine or working for uh, the FSB in Russia or working for this. And already... Ex-Soviet states tend to be very paranoid about things like that because they came out of the era of the KGB gulags, just horrific shit like that, people dobbing in on your neighbour of things like this. There tends to be a massive level of paranoia anyway, so they're pushing into that as well, and asymmetric warfare is something that will be more and more implemented, I believe, and already has been implemented greatly, and uh, my... A person said to me as well that we actually don't get reported on a lot of what's happening because if if a train blows up, say an ID goes off under a railway, and it's you have bugged out because you have to. The media main the, we're relying on that to get reported through Russian media and people on phones and social media. So a lot of it actually happening isn't actually seeing it happen as well. So there's definitely a huge degree of that as well happening.
1: I'm sorry. I'm sitting here scrolling through what's going on on Twitter, and, and it's just—it's kind of weird right now. They're trending. Harkif, Belgorod, and Woke. In those Woke? In, yeah, those three. Oh, and Woke. And sorry, I thought you woke. said as no, like no no, 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 no. Those three things right now are actually the trending topic right now. So I. I just want, so we were talking about at the very beginning of mm. them actually bouncing over the border. Yeah. That's actually got them re-trending back here in the United States of being a topic people actually give... A little bit of something. And I, I mean, they don't care really that much.
0: Yeah. But
1: they will start caring if they start winning. Right now, Ukraine's still not winning. So that's why is it, it, really it, it's it's such, a,
0: it's such a 50-50. And I will say as well, and this is something that um, I didn't touch on before and just because it slipped my mind, was Purgosian, uh There's been a lot of happening with Prigozhin. Love's talking shit about And everyone doesn't know where I actually asked my telegram chat this the other day, Oh, what do you actually think Progosian's really playing at? Now many people are saying they can't believe Progosian hasn't been bloody taken out because of the shit he will mm-hmm. say, which I believe it does well. Like, holy shit. If there was a Western military commander spouting shit like that amongst other against other commanders, i must not saying that'd be taken out, but they'll lose
1: their job within a bloody second. So But there's not a job for him to lose since he actually made his own job.
0: No but he's employed to be in that position and he is a part of that, like oligarch world of the Russians too, which we have seen a lot of oligarchs. I go think he's missing. too big to be taken out. I agree too that if he got he's very popular. But yeah. the issue is too, how popular do you let him get? Could he become too popular?
1: I don't think he can get any less popular. If Progozhin right now, I think is on almost the same level as Putin when it comes to people. In this Some would war. argue he's more. Like popular. right now in this war, if you were to have a conversation with anybody, I think yeah, but that, that, knows that creates a problem with- for Putin. No shit, it costs. Yeah, but no, that's what I'm getting. <laughs> oh, yeah, but, but what I ask is like,
0: what is he playing at here? And it, it scales yeah. from, and I know people are saying that he's, 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 this is all online fake beef, that it's made for you know this a. Hey, Putin, I'm going to call you out and we're going to do this to get more weapons, get the support of more people on this side, blah, 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 all the way through to there's an ongoing, well, there's a um, chance of a real civil war and Wagner pushing then into um, the Kremlin. So th- that's the left and right of arc of what the potentials of this are. But there's been ongoing beef with um, Kadyrov, who's the leader of the Chechens as well, and uh, Yvgeny so I'm getting my names all mixed up here. But they have said to um, really resolve the beef between those two. Um, and Putin is pushing on that his Wagner PMC then move on into this Belgarad region and defend that region as well. So they've extracted out of Bakhmut over the past couple of weeks that they refit, and then they are the ones that go and then do this um, Belgarad uh, defence as well. And like how Ukraine is using uh, these soldiers, because these are being, at the end of the day, they are Ukrainian-backed. Are they working in the interest of um, Ukraine? Yes. There is questions around, are they specifically armed from Are they this? Are they that? That's a question to be had. But are they...
1: Working in
0: the interest of Ukraine, absolutely at a crossing here. Now, the reason there's this level of separation is because they're not under the UAF, Ukrainian Armed Forces banner. People are speculating of well, what if Wagner start doing equivalents in other areas? How does that then look? Does that give the same degree of separation? Because it, I know online it wouldn't be seen like that. If Wagner PMC, I'm just giving. I'm just giving. Um, ideas here of what i've seen people reading into well if we're saying there's a level of separation and no one can touch them fine you know whatever but then if what if wagner went into poland and blew up something and said well that's not the russian military doing it it was a private backed militia here." It's that degree of separation from there so it's just an interesting idea to be had and this is why we will see distancing um ...of certain elements from... ...we'll see distancing of Russian elements from Wagner... ...we'll see distancing of Ukrainian elements... Uh, ...from some of these crossings as well. But we all know at the end of the day... ...this unit works uh, in the interests of Ukraine... ...and Wagner works in the interest of Russia... ...somewhat and interests of money. They're a proper mercenary group. But it's, it's a very interesting thing... ...and we could see the redeployment of Wagner there... ...we know Wagner has a lot of guys... Um, ...a lot of experienced guys too... That you know, bloody hell! I'd rather go defend the border in Belgorod than go back into fuck mood. Um So we, we probably will see the redeployment there. And at the end of the day, Prigozhin needs to keep himself relevant. If your business becomes irrelevant, your business collapses. Prigozhin needs guys. Needed.
1: I'm how much money Prigozhin has actually made during this war because I don't know who Prigozhin was prior to the Ukraine war.
0: Prigozhin is incredibly wealthy. So is Putin, So is Kratarov, so is Shoigu, all these guys. Because at the end of the day, this is, works differently to, you know, a Western military where your chief of defence might be paid 300, 300 grand a year, you know, a million bucks a year, um, where you know, a lot of these guys say on the instance of um, Pregosian, is an oligarch, that's how he affords this. There's another founder as well, I can't remember his name top of my head, but Wagner Group, he's one of the founders too. He had other investors too. And people invest in this. And and there is interest, and there are groups around the world that operate in, and this is the the definition of a mercenary group, is you work in the interest of who's paying you the most. And you don't think that there are groups, both Western and Eastern, working in places such as Africa, Southeast Asia, purely for money that are working for, hey, X mining company wants to go into this region and suss this out. Right, we need to get a coup or something going here, then to go in and pull money out of that. Bloody Tesla have done it. Now, I'm not accusing Tesla of making a bloody PMC to do this, but have Tesla had involvement in coups in Africa to dig up lithium? Absolutely. Do we turn a blind eye to it because it doesn't directly affect us, if anything benefits us, and because these people don't live in Europe? Absolutely. We turn a blind eye to it. Is that happening? Absolutely. Wagner work as well in Southeast Asia, Africa. Slaughtered people. There's been slaughtering. There's genocides happening all the time through there as well, and we turn a blind eye to it. But it's part of it. And we're like I've said, we're going to see a higher rise of these PMCs being involved due to that level of um, separation you can get, um, and plausible deniability as well from the state. But we will see more of these crossings and partisan actions um, kick up as well as it's. It's, it, if, you're, if you're in Russia, you speak Russian, you know the customs, whatever, you are a Russian person, say so if you're one of the guys who's operating here or a partisan, how the fuck do you get caught out? If you're careful, very, very hard to catch these people. Incredibly difficult. But yeah, that's my spiel.
1: Well, your spiels are always a spiel. Literally. There's a lot of information,
0: in asymmetric warfare in there.
1: Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We'll be back. We're actually going to do minimum five episodes next week. I just because I I want to, and I've been I was actually kind of busy this week. I'm like a
0: lot. You were super busy. That's was, why I've been was, doing videos and you
1: haven't. Yeah, I was I was really busy this week. So I do love you guys. That Wait, I will, I will say, say and I don't want to plug
0: myself, but if you're actually interested in like a full forty minute asymmetric warfare like Willie OAM, a, it's boring <laughs> as shit. I will say it's boring. There's no visuals. There's no nothing. It's literally me. Reading out of military doctrine, some books, and some other like of, on my own stuff as well. It's fucking boring, but if you're actually interested in that, if you're a dork like me, it's really how I am. But yeah. oh, people, might, people might think hey, this warfare is interesting. I, I, think, someone,
1: I do, I, I think it's great, but I just grew up in it. I know, but that's so it's just whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, whatever. I do love you guys. Thanks for hanging out with me. Go check out Will. You guys always know who he is, he's a guy. And uh, I do really love you guys. I'm out.